This is a podcast from Seven Vineyard. My name is Anna Simmons, and I've been here at Seven Vineyard for more than 10 years, which feels like a very long time. I work in the week as a children's physiotherapist, and I have four children who are getting quite big, and I suppose aren't really children anymore, if I'm honest. And I'm registered as a foster carer for Bristol City Council. I'm also a volunteer for a national charity called Home for Good, who do lots of work recruiting and supporting foster carers in Bristol and across the UK. Home for Good want to find a family for every child who needs one, and they're one of Seven Vineyard's partner organisations, so you will have heard about them when we did our vision talk a few weeks ago. Today, I'm going to talk about adoption and fostering and the importance of children being in a family. So just so we're clear, adoption is when a child moves to a family to stay. In the UK, this means they'll usually stop seeing their birth family and legally take their new family's name. Only children under five are usually adopted. Fostering is either short or long-term. The child moves to stay with their foster family, but still has social worker support and usually sees their birth family and siblings. So they're a little bit different. If anyone needs any more information later, just ask me. In the UK, there are currently 105,000 children being looked after away from home. 105,000 children who need other people to welcome them and step in as their parents and carers. And every day, 105, which is interesting, the same number, per day come into the UK care system needing a family to love, support and care for them. So today, that will happen. 105 children need somewhere to stay. There are also 2,500 children in England and Wales together, waiting to be adopted. So they need a family too. There's a lot of kids out there who need a family. I'm gonna tell you a bit of my story and how I came to be part of God's family. I didn't grow up in a family who had a day-to-day -day faith or went to church or talked about God. When I came to Bristol University, only as an older teenager, I guess, I felt a bit lost and alone in a new city. I hit student life very hard. I embraced the craziness. On reflection now, I see that I was seeking attention and approval from others. I do remember once dancing on tables in pubs, for example. The crazier the better, I thought, because I really wanted to be noticed and to be liked. I didn't really feel confident in myself, and I was definitely a bit lost. I went along to an Alpha course at a Bristol church with some friends. I only really went because there were boys going and they were cool. I enjoyed their company and really wanted to be more cool than I was. There I heard about a God who loved me unconditionally, who knew me and cared about me and understood me who forgave my mistakes and was cheering me on. I learned that God is a loving father. I encountered his love and stopped feeling alone. As I explored the Bible for the first time, I read New Testament stories of Jesus, God's son. I was gripped by accounts of his life on earth. 
being radically countercultural, standing up for the underdogs in society, mixing with the marginalised and choosing to spend time with those who others judged and rejected. I made a choice, and at this point in my life, my personal experience was that I was adopted into God's family. I became part of a, fam a church family too. I'm pretty sure I got even more cool. I just wanted to make sure that was in there. I had found a heavenly father in God, and I'd found a community. Both accepted me as I was, and it, they didn't expect perfection. It really was a relief to be real. If you know me, that's one of my favorite catchphrases. It was a relief to be real, to relax and let my guard down, to not need to perform or impress, to feel at peace and be accepted and encouraged where I was at. So my story at age 19 was one of adoption by God. I'm thinking adoption by God may be part of your faith story too, if you have one. All of us are damaged and broken. God doesn't turn a blind eye or turn his back. It was costly for his son Jesus to die to make a way for God to take us in. God shows us unconditional love and gives us hope and a chance to start again. He gives us a family and a home for good with him forever. Being adopted by God gives us a sense of identity, a way of belonging, a family, as I've said, and a life purpose. Isn't that what everyone's looking for? My experience of being part of a church was good. I learned that church is indeed like a family. I saw a mixed group of people, very mixed, like we are, who genuinely cared for one another, supported each other, were kind to others, and accepted people where they were at. I saw people giving their time, their energy, and money generously to make a difference. And I saw people welcoming those who others overlooked. I saw people who were real about the ups and downs of life and helped each other along the way. So I was adopted by God, and that is the backdrop of my talk today. I believe that God's heart is that children would be loved in a family. For most children, they are born and welcomed into a human family that can love and support them, encourage them, and cheer them on like we've seen this morning for Mim. However, we know that for some children, it doesn't work out like that, and their birth parents are not able to manage that role. As I said, 105 children per day come into care. They all need somewhere to go. They need to feel accepted, welcomed, and wanted, and we need to know the importance of that. There are 2,500 children currently waiting for adoption in England and Wales, as I said. In general, there's a massive shortage of carers, especially foster carers who can take siblings so that brothers and sisters can stay together. 20,000 siblings in the UK are currently not living with their brothers and sisters in the foster system. Children with very complex emotional needs, teenagers, and those from ethnic minority groups are the hardest to place in foster care. Because there are not enough foster carers, 21% of children are currently living more than 20 miles from their familiar home area. For me, this is really hard to hear.
These children need a family. When my four birth, fam birth families, that would be extreme. When my four birth children <laughs> were between ages two and 10, my family became a fostering family. I knew it wouldn't be easy and there would be a cost. I wasn't actually sure we could do it. <laughs> there were a lot of hesitations. I repeatedly analyzed my far from perfect parenting. I wondered whether I had time. I wondered whether I could manage being more busy, and I wondered how my children would find it. There was so much wondering. Oh, wait for it. There was so much wondering. Oh, they are in the right order. I almost didn't do it. Becoming more familiar with the Bible over the years had highlighted many different references to caring for orphans and widows. There are more than 40, in fact. The word orphan in Hebrew is most closely translated as vulnerable child, and we understand that. In my understanding, part of sharing God's love requires action for vulnerable children. I'm just going to read some of the Bible verses that struck me now, and they may come up on the screens. So Psalm 68, verse 6, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. James 1, 27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. Isaiah 1, verse 17, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless. Proverbs 31, verse 8, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for all the rights of all who are destitute. So we see what's on God's heart. Now back to my story. Since I was a child, I've always loved being around children, holding them, playing with them, babysitting them, just pass me the children. I was wired to enjoy children. As I got older, I did start to notice when children around me were struggling, and I would start to worry about them. Knowing that so many children were in the care system was upsetting for me. I found it hard to think that for many different reasons there were so many children who didn't have an adult to care for them well or didn't have a loving family. I felt overwhelmed and wondered what difference I could make to such a massive issue. I prayed and gradually God spoke to me about taking action, including through hearing the starfish story. You might know it, but I'm gonna read it anyway. A man was walking along a beach when he noticed a boy picking up starfish from the sand and throwing them into the ocean. He walked up to the boy and said, what are you doing? The boy replied, there was a big storm and lots of starfish were washed up onto the beach. If I don't save them, they'll all die. The man laughed and said, do you realize the beach is miles long and there are thousands and thousands and thousands of starfish. You can't possibly make any difference here. The boy bent down and picked up another starfish. He threw it into the sea and smiled at the man, saying, I've made a difference to this one. So God had spoken, and the challenge was set. I wasn't sure if I was ready, but I would try to make a difference, and we would welcome one child into our family. 
At the same time as I started fostering, two of my friends who are children's doctors in India started a charity called Love the One. It's a phrase that stuck with me ever since. I owned it. I can't make things better for all the children, but I can play my part and love one child at a time. And so it began. It was a bit crazy. Full-time, short-term fostering at all. Who knew that short-term fostering meant several years? It was hard, but my family absolutely loved it. The first sweet baby girl arrived at 10 days old and left just before her second birthday to be adopted. Then another baby came the day after he was born, some of you knew these children, and returned to his birth mum when he was five months old. Another little baby of a few days old arrived and was adopted when he was 10 months. A three-year-old came for five months and it went on and on and on. I got to know their birth parents at organized meetups. I took the children to my local toddler groups. I visited one of the birth parents in prison on an unusual day and they get, got to see their child with a social worker. I later fostered at weekends to give carers and birth families a break when they needed it. In Bristol, this is called alternative care or respite care. So an 11-year-old came for a day every other weekend. A four-year-old came for a weekend each month for many years. A seven-year-old boy and a five-year-old girl came for tea once a week and stayed with us often during school holidays. Caring for someone else's child or children is so many things all at once. For example, it's both a responsibility and a pleasure. It's fun, for sure, but it's really tough. It's a privilege and it's exhausting. Alongside caring for the child, there are other responsibilities for carers, including review meetings, keeping records, making photo books, and advocating for the child every day. So fostering and adoption are not easy. Children who've moved from their birth parents to another family have experienced trauma and need to be parented gently and consistently because their wobbly emotions can show in tricky behavior. Behavior is communication and many of the children in the care system have had to cope with a lot. Foster carers and adopters benefit from having a lot of support. In fact, a strong support network is vital. You will have heard that it takes a village to raise a child, and it's true. There are other foster carers and adopters at seven in our extended community. I've experienced the church family supporting and caring for my family as we foster. They've welcomed our children, prayed for us, babysat, invited our children to their children's parties, listened when things were tough, cooked meals for us when we were tired, and generally cheered us on. Please keep your eyes open for any adopters or foster carers in the church family or in your neighborhood. You can make a big difference to them by cheering them on, supporting them practically, or praying for them. There is something truly amazing about working in partnership with God, sharing his heart that we heard in the Bible verses earlier, knowing his love and care for vulnerable children, playing a part in making a difference and providing a home for one child at a time, like in the starfish story. 
In Bristol, the Home for Good charity are committed to finding a home for every child that needs one. Recruiting and supporting foster carers and adopters in partnership with Bristol City Council. Home for Good run online foundations courses to help people explore whether they might like to foster or adopt. They run family support groups for Bristol in, for foster carers and adopted to make friends and support each other. They meet with individuals to listen, chat and pray. They encourage care experienced children to meet up in similar, so that they meet others in similar situations for fun and for peer support. So Home for Good are also working hard to keep vulnerable children and the care system on the political agenda. They're helping churches to become more aware of the needs of children in care and adjust their expectations so that churches will be even more friendly and accessible to children with additional emotional needs. On that note, Seven Vineyard are committed to welcoming fostering and adoptive families here. We know that children who have moved between homes and families often struggle with transitions and changes throughout each day. Transitioning even between home and the car, or home and school, or home and church, and vice versa, can feel hard and unpredictable. When children are afraid, they often go into fight, or flight, or fright, or freeze modes. Many children look angry, start shouting, lash out, or try to run away when they're scared and panicking. If you see something like this, you can help them by not being judgmental, and by being kind to the adult caring for them. You won't know the child's story, so you can just ask their adult how you can help. The adult will probably need a strong coffee and maybe a listening ear. All behavior is communication. Parenting children who have had tricky lives is a bit different. Please do continue to help and support our foster carers and adopters. Home for Good have worked out that if every church in the UK got together and supported one family to foster or adopt, then actually no children would be waiting for a home. So in summary, many of us can relate to being adopted into God's loving family. God's heart is that children are welcomed into loving families too, where they can heal and grow. At Seven Vineyard, we are a family where everyone can be welcomed and belong. So not everyone is called to open their home to a child who needs one, although you might be, and you can speak to me or look on the Home for Good website if you feel that you might want to know more. If not, I'm thinking that almost all of us will have some kind of connection to someone related to fostering or adoption. Maybe someone at work, in our extended families, amongst our neighbours and friends, or maybe in our birth children's schools if we have them. Would you support and pray for those who are involved in fostering and adoption in our church family, in our city and beyond? Would you cheer them along? Would you bake them a cake or make them a meal or babysit for them? Would you be the one to smile and reassure them when their child is having a meltdown at the school gates? Would you ask how they are and give time to listen? Would you give them a break sometimes and include their child in what you are doing? We're just going to spend a few minutes praying now. So if you'd like to just 
just um, take a moment and we'll welcome the Holy Spirit. I'm actually going to ask if anyone here is involved in fostering an adoption, whether that's themselves doing it or working with, in, with people who are involved or any other connection. If you'd like to, you're really, really welcome to stand up. And I'd just like the rest of us to gather around them and pray. So I'm just going to give a minute. If you feel you'd like to, it doesn't matter if not. We'll just play, pray generally if not. But if you are okay to stand. Thank you. So yeah, we've talked about connections. If you have connections, feel free to stand. And then if the rest of us would just gather around right now, just stand up, walk over, and let's just take a minute. Why don't you ask these people what they'd like prayer for? I'll start, and then you can just spend some time praying for them. Father God, I want to thank you that your heart is for family. I thank you for the families here in our church, Lord. And I thank you that you call us to look outward that you want us to scoop up those who are vulnerable, that you want us to welcome them and to love them. And Lord, where these guys are out there on the front line already doing that, would you bless them? We know it's not easy. We know it's tiring. It's not straightforward, but there's so much joy in being alongside your will, Lord, our hearts beating in time with yours. And Lord, I just pray that you would give strength to these people who stood and that they would just receive your blessing as we pray for them.